Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Vineyard. We're doing a series right now called From Nothing to Something. And this series was really based on a verse in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10, where Peter, one, he says, you know, once we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. And, and from that, we get this idea that we've gone from nothing to something. And so far in this series, we've been looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, and we're going to look into 1 Peter chapter 2 in a few verses at a time. We've talked about living hope. We've talked about greatly rejoicing. We've talked about salvation. We've talked about loving Jesus. Last week, we talked about grace. Today, we're going to talk about an interesting subject because Peter brings it up. And he's going to have us talk about being holy. And I, I, I think it's going to be a fun topic. And you think, really? And I think, yes. So, stuff that uh, you haven't heard. So, I always do a joke or two as I get going. That's after the intro. And I got some really bad jokes. Somebody bought me for Christmas. This isn't the joke. This uh, thing from Amazon, and it has Alexa on it. And you can ask Alexa for jokes, which has really made my life a lot simpler. And, and now you can blame Alexa for the jokes. So I asked Alexa for a few jokes, uh, a couple of jokes, and then I got one from a friend. So who is the smartest handyman in the world? Stephen Cocking. Did you hear about the circle that graduated college? It got 360 degrees. All right. So those were Alexa's fault, not mine. This one came from a friend. Actually, most of you know him. It came from Pastor Billy. Here's what he said to me in a text. It's not that difficult to tell crocodiles and alligators apart. One you'll see later. The other one you'll see after a while. Scripture reading here on purpose, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. It's in the bulletin. It should show up overhead. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Blessed be the word. Uh, the Lord. Now that word, I think the idea of holy or holiness can be a little unsettling for many of us. And, and uh, I think people have a, maybe a bad picture of, of what that looks like. They think really holy people, you know, are sort of people that maybe go up to a mountain and get very separate from everybody else or are just kind of, you know, isolated and, and uh, you know, they, they, they're very, uh, I don't know, however you would describe them, but people have this idea of what it might look like to look holy. But I fully believe that the truest display of holiness is a life of love. And the reason I say that is because I would say that Jesus was the perfect model of holiness and that he displayed a life of love. And that he wasn't withdrawn, he wasn't isolated, he was with people and he loved people and he was around people and he hung out at places and he had a good time. Uh, you know, he was even accused of being like a, you know, a, a glutton and a drunkard and all sorts of other things because he, he was with people. He loved people and people loved being with Jesus. And so it's, it's him, I think, is, is always our model of what holiness looks like. I had also a friend tell me, holiness isn't so much about being good. 
Holiness is much more about being His. And I like that because I think it gives us a better idea of this concept because some people go, oh, I can't be holy. Um, but watch what holiness really means. So what does it look like practically? I've got uh, four points. First thing, here's the cool thing about God is that He calls you. God calls you. Um, he, and First uh, Peter 1.15 says, but just as He who called you, so there's this idea of, of God calling out to you. Um, the word in the Greek is kaleo, and, and it means a calling, and it's, it's used of God's invitation to man to accept the benefits of salvation. And, and so God calls you. It's, a, it's an act of God. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God, who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. So He's, he's called you into relationship with Him. Um, Maybe you've heard it, some, somebody say this sometimes, um, that many are called but few are chosen. Have you ever heard that? But, you know, see, the idea is that God's calling everyone in, uh, and then the chosen ones are people that respond to the call. You, you, some people think, oh, he's only, he only chooses some people. No, he's calling everyone in to relationship with him, and the people who accept and, and, and come to know Christ um, they're the ones that are chosen uh, because they've, they've stepped into it. And what that means is when we respond to this call uh, that God has for us to re- into relationship, into fellowship with Him, that the second thing happens is that we become His kids. We become the children of God. And, and so that's the effect of this call. First Peter 1, verse 14 says, As obedient children. I think it's important to get this idea is that, that something really changes inside of us when we respond to the call of God. Something happens, and that something that happens is that the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells in us. This, this is part of the process. And, and um, the Apostle Paul said in Romans eight fourteen, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And, and so when, when you respond to the call, and so God is calling you into relationship with Him in Christ. He's calling everybody in. When you respond and you say, yes, that's what I want. I want to I be a follower. I want to be a believer in Christ. And we, we, you know, we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. Believe in our hearts that He's risen from the dead. Um, we, we engage in relationship with Him by faith that way. And then what happens is, this amazing thing happens, is the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. And so something significant takes place in the process. And it's a big deal that the Holy Spirit comes and does this. God, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. Now, we've touched on this already in this series, but it's a, it's a great uh, place to talk about again. This whole process of the Holy Spirit coming and, and dwelling in us. And what He does, among other things, you know, He leads and He guides and He teaches us and all those things. But he also gets us moving in the process that's called sanctification. He's, he's working in us uh, as we yield to him by his power to change us over time to be more and more like him. And so he's changing us, but it's a process. It happens over the course of your life. And in fact, sanctification, this process continues until, as a believer, either you go to be with Jesus or Jesus comes to get all of us. And at that point in time, this process will be over. But until then, we're all in the process of the sanctification. If you're a believer in Christ, the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, and He's changing you. Now, here's what's cool 
is that the word holy and the word sanctified, they come from the same root word in the Greek. They come from the same place. And it's also very cool that that same root word also gets uh, used in another way, and that's where the word saints come from. Anybody here ever heard of the word saints? You've heard of the saints? Not just the football team in New Orleans, right? They're saints. But here's what. A lot of people don't know about the saints. Is this. That everyone who has received Christ by faith is a saint. It's, I know some people think, oh, no, it's these certain group of people that have done these certain things. I mean, not according to the Scripture. In the Scripture, um, the body of Christ, the believers in Christ, are addressed over and over and over again as the saints, the ones who have been sanctified by God, the holy ones because of this process that's taking place in us of sanctification. And I like that picture, I, I, and I, I don't know how you process that, but how, so, so y'all are saints. How's that? Pretty cool. I, we could go around calling each other saint, but then everybody would think we were crazy. You go over to that church, they call you a saint. <laughs> but, but you are. And so I, I want you to know that, that I could look around the room and begin to call you, you know, as saints. You, you know, that Saint Fran, he just won. And uh, <laughs> there's Saint Rico right there in row four, and Saint Billy over there sent me a bad joke. And I could go on and on. <laughs> and, and, and if that's, you know, if you're struggling with that, I've got to tell you, that's Scripture. So if you're, if you're a believer in Christ, you've come and you've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit has, has you know, is, is dwelling in you because that's what happens. We're His children. We're also now the saints of God. That's a big deal. But, but all of these things are working together in the process. Now, as, as saints, um, it means that we're, we're connected in this neat way with Jesus in this whole process. And as we cooperate with the Spirit then, we're being sanctified, as I said. And so our daily lives then are more and more matching our position in Christ. So all this is happening, and over time, He's working us in that direction. He's moving us more and more to be like Him, not because we're following rules, not because of anything else, but because our hearts are changing, and we desire to live lives that please Him. But lives that please Him are not boring, humdrum, I'll never have any fun again lives. Lives that please Him are lives that are full and have meaning and purpose and are, are rich in relationship with people and, and that we get that none of us has perfected any of this yet and we're, we're in process and he's, he's working in us and we desperately need the grace of God in our lives and, and we need to, to receive mercy and to extend mercy and to, to love people where they're at and, and to encourage people who need to be encouraged in and to, to be like living testimonies of how amazing God is and to be living invitations for people to have access to Him, to, to know that He's called them and He wants them to come and be in relationship. And there's something so much better than maybe they've ever experienced. This is an amazing life that He's called us to. And so things begin to change in us by the Spirit, and they change from the inside out. I want to make sure that you hear that. The people, oh, i gotta, I got to get all this stuff straightened up. These changes happen from the inside out in our lives. The ones that matter, He's working from on the inside out. And so we start to get His perspective. That's point number three. His perspective. So being called and, and then made children of God, we no longer see things in, in ignorance the way we once did. We see things differently. I use that word because Peter did. First Peter 1.14. Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. 
So, so now that we're called and we're, we're born of God, we're children of God, we're not blinded any longer by what Paul calls deceitful desires. They don't deceive us any longer because we can begin to see through them. We're not foolish anymore. Um, you know, like when we're, when we're uh, like, a, like a child that takes a nickel instead of a dime because a nickel looks bigger. Have you ever, I, was, I was thinking about that, and I thought, years and years ago, I used to help teach math in first grade. We had a school here a long, long time ago, and I would try and teach math to the first graders. And, and in first grade back then, you had to teach them how to count money. And uh, wow, is this tricky, because here's what's happening. They're counting, and you've taught them how to count, and you, you give them a bunch of pennies, and you say, well, you know, how many pennies are there? And they count them for you, and they tell you how much money it is. Well, when you switch to nickels, it's a whole other thing. And so you give somebody five nickels. You give a little kid, how, many, how much money you got there? Five. No, you don't have five. <laughs> you have five nickels. How much is a nickel worth? Five. Okay. So how many have you got? Five. Don't say five again. Because I'm going to lose my mind. It's not five. And they, I, re- I have this one kid in mind. I'm serious. And I said, don't say five again. And he's like. So I quit helping with math. Just going to do chapel. That's all I'm going to do. Because, But see, see, look, now we know better, right? Uh, in, in Christ, we begin to know better. And we know what? Well, what we know better is we, we know God better. That's what the change happens. See, he's our father now. And we think, wow, he's so amazing. The life that he wants for me now and forever. I want to live his way. And, and so, so we start to know Him better, and we, we start to know what the holiness of God means, that it's, it's not a no fun life, it's a, it's a fun-filled life. And we, we don't think that, see, what happens is we no longer think that, that anything that the world has to offer is better than what God has to offer. There's nothing that's better than what we can have in Him. Um, we, 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 we realize that before we came to know Him, we were sort of blind to the value of God. And we'd let a lot of other people sort of shape our ideas about who he was and tell us, oh, he's no fun, or don't you? And, and yet we, we come and we go, he's amazing. There's nothing like him. And, and so, see, we used to try and make life work in our own strength. And what we did was we tried to make our own cisterns. There's a great verse in Jeremiah 2.13. Uh, it says this, my people, this is God saying, have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. I love this verse because it, it just speaks to me about what life used to be like. You think about how cool that was. You used to, I don't know, maybe you guys never did this, but you would go after things to make your life work. You would spend all this time digging wells, so to speak, and they never held anything that looked like life. They were fleeting, and they wouldn't last, and you'd keep digging and keep working, and nothing works. And God says, that's the, the issue is you think you can make that work in yourself, and you can't. All you need to do is come to me. And once you come to me, then everything begins to change and our perspective changes. And we see that that the the holiness of God and who he is and this life he is is the best life available to us in the universe. And so it changes the way we look at things. And finally, point four, um, what happens is our desire then is to live his way. To live his way. 1 Peter 1.14, as obedient children. His way, not our way. That's what it comes down to. I have a saying here, if you've been here, most of you have heard it. I have, we have wristbands and everything to say it. I always get back to calling it living by doing the next right thing. We sort of realize that's where life is. 
And, and so Proverbs 21.3 says, To do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. So, so to live His way is where we're going to find life. And, and what we do is we, we, you know, we're seeking after His will. I've told you that the way we do that is we keep trying to do this thing, sort of the next right thing. That's the only thing I can think of. People, oh, what's the will of God for me? I'm like, here's, here's all I know. You're going to have to make a choice here any moment about something. Just make it the right choice and do the next right thing. And when it's the next right thing, you're, you're popping along in the will of God. And, and as we continue to do that, that's where we find life. That's, it's amazing. And again, nothing the world has to offer even comes close to the life that you can have in the kingdom. And here's the other part of this whole process because it's a process. I, I love this part. So we're going to have choices to make. We're still going to make the wrong choice sometimes. Are you with me? Oops. And then we go, well, there we go. I've made the wrong choice. I'm done. I can't. I'm, oh, it's over. I, phew, wrong choice again. I can't believe I made the, the wrong choice again. Here's the thing that's so cool about Jesus and this whole process. I want to read you this verse out of Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. It says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I love this picture. Jesus gets us. He sympathizes with us, it says. He understands us he, because he lived this life. He came, remember, and lived this whole life amazingly. Now, he did it without sin, but he did it. And so he experienced the whole range of stuff that we experience, and so he gets us. And so when we don't make the right choice, he's not over there beating us on the head, pointing fingers at us, saying, see, you did it again. You're no good. You're never going to make it. What are you? He's, he gets us. And he says, all you got to do is come to me. Just get it. And we go to the throne room of grace. And we, we go, oops, and, and, and uh, you know, oh, I, I made the wrong choice. And every time, you, he's gonna, you know what he's going to say to you? I love you so much. I'm so proud of you still. You, you, I always will be. And, and now what I want you to do is I just want you to go and do the next right thing. And, and, and keep doing the next right thing. And if we mess up, we go running back. Every time he's going to do the same thing. He's going to love you and say, go do the right thing. And, and it's because it's that process. Sometimes that's what it takes to sort of move along on the journey. How many, I mean, I didn't get this thing right right away. I still don't get it right all the time. Some things are better than they were when I started 30 years ago. Thank goodness. <laughs> but there's still some things, you know, that, and, and, and oh, Lord. And he says, okay, I got you. Now go and do the next right thing. And it, some of those things take a little while, but he's with us. And so he forgives us and he empowers us to start over again. And so this is the whole idea. Uh, of this whole thing. We, we learn to trust Him and to do it His way in this process. And, and that's where we really find life. And, and his, his, his reign, His rule, His kingdom comes and, and enters our lives. And we become the, His people. We're His children. And, and, and we're in this process of being sanctified. And, and we're already known as saints. How cool is that? All because of what He's done. None of this is based on how well you perform. 
It's all because of what He's done. And what that ultimately makes us do is say, oh, I want to live for you. And that's when things really start sort of taking place. So look, my hope for you is that when you th- read those sort of words, be holy like I'm holy, you don't go, <laughs> you just go, yes, Lord. And you're empowering me by your spirit to live like that. And you already see me in Christ. Uh, and this process of sanctification has begun, and I'm forgiven, and I've been justified. And, and, and you're, you're working with me, and you'll never stop until completion when I'm with you. And, and you're going to lead me, and you're going to guide me, and you love me. And, and I'm going to do, you know, I want to do the next right thing. I want to live your way. But when I don't, Lord, I know that you, I can go running to you. I'm not going to take that for granted or think, oh, I can do whatever I want. I'm going to come to you because I know how much you love me. And I want to do the right thing for you. And, and that's this process that builds in us of, of sanctification, of being holy as He is holy. And so, so let that sort of resonate with you, how amazing God is and how He sees you now and how much He wants for your life. And it all starts for, for all of you if, you've, if you've never started the journey, just asking Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. That's where it starts. And, and simple, really, prayer. I mean, it's, no, it's just, Lord Jesus, will you forgive me? of all my sin, and will you come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior? When you pray that like you mean it and you get it, you're in. You're called and chosen because you accepted the call, and you're in. And the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you, and the process begins and will continue until you're with Him. And so think about that over this next week, and we've got uh, a lot more we're going to be looking at in the series in the weeks ahead, but that's what I wanted to cover tonight, and... uh, That was exactly 22 minutes because my timer just went off. So, you know, um, here's what we're going to do. We we move back into some extended worship time now in song. We just kind of hang out. We sing, and that that same team will be back with some people added to it. We're going to hang out, and we're going to sing. If you want to, love for you to stay. But, but you can go anytime. That's how this thing on Saturday night works. If, if you've had enough of everything, then um, I'm going to get everybody standing here in a moment take an offering. But, but you can go. You can stay. You can stay for the whole thing. You can stay for part of it. There's no wrong thing here. All right? Everybody hear that? All right. So let me get you all standing because it takes us about five minutes to move our group back in there. I'm going to take up our offering. And then if you're going to stay, great. And if you're going to go, that's great too. Father, thank you so much for your amazing love for us. You are such an awesome God. Thank you for this wonderful night tonight, God, of fellowship and of fun and, and uh, chili and, and uh, what an amazing God you are, that you want your kids to have fun and, and to enjoy music and to enjoy one another and enjoy food and that you, you created so much for our enjoyment, God. And, and we are in awe of you. And so we thank you for an opportunity to, to give you a portion of all that you've given us. And I, I, I pray, God, that you would use everything that's given to your glory. And, and we love you so much, God. And I pray you would open the floodgates of heaven and pour out blessing on each person here. Meet them, God, at the point of their need. Then overwhelm them with all that you are, your love, your mercy, your, your grace, your kindness, your goodness, your compassion, and your provision for your kids. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. The offering boxes are up front here if you would like to give. And uh, if you want to stay, we'd love for you to stay and have worship time with us. But if you're ready to go, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.